Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Is this song familiar to you? Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. Necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the fair necessities, the simple fair necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities that's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. That was The Bare Necessities from the classic Disney film Jungle Book from 1967. The song is sung by the lovable Baloo Bear, who is voiced by Phil Harris. Like all of the early Disney films, Jungle Book is packed with moral wisdom and advice for living, particularly for children. This song is aimed at giving children, and adults if they will listen, a healthy perspective on what is really important in life. That message is certainly needed as much today as it was in 1967. Not surprisingly, Jesus had something to say on this subject as well. As a matter of fact, he had a lot to say. He was deeply concerned about teaching the people who came to him how to live meaningful and fulfilling lives. The following story tells about a young man who comes to Jesus for advice. Advice, as it turns out, that was difficult for him to hear. It's from the 19th chapter of St. Matthew. Then someone came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not obey fa bear false witness, honor your father and mother also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I've kept all of these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you, want to, if you wish to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. In my experience, people who hear this story often focus on the idea of selling all of their possessions and giving the proceeds to the poor. Now, Jesus did have a deep concern for the poor, and his teachings are filled with messages of social justice. This story, however, is more concerned with what's going on in the heart and soul of the young man and at his regret at not being able to follow Jesus' advice. We are tipped off about the central meaning of this story by the fact that the young man comes seeking the secret to eternal life, or 
I would say, and Jesus thought, life itself. Also, Jesus makes it clear that happiness can't be obtained by doing good deeds and giving up our possessions for others. For you and me, part of the message can cause us to evaluate our own generosity toward those who have less than we do, and it should. But at its heart, this story can help us to learn to lead more fulfilling and sustainable lives. The secret, as Jesus says, is about being able to let go of the money and material stuff that we strive to earn and accumulate to do that without regret. We should be able to do that without regret. Those are the things that crowd out the more important treasures that make for happy life, the heavenly treasures. Now, most of us can relate to the young man's sense of defeat, why he goes away grieving. It's hard for us to get rid of our possessions. Our natural tendency is to hold on to them. We are natural-born hoarders. For a number of years, I was hooked on the TV series American Pickers. Based out of their store Antique Archaeology in the Mississippi River town of LeClaire, Iowa, the show's stars, Mike Wolfe and Frank Fritz, tour the back roads of America seeking to pluck treasures from piles of rusting and moldering junk that people have stowed for decades in their garages and sheds and sometimes just left strewn across their yards and farm fields. The pickers build high drama as they discover rare advertising signs, antique toys, bicycles, motorcycles, to cars, and you name it, knickknacks of every size, color, and description. And the chipped up, faded, rustier, and rattier the better. But the show really draws its popularity from the genuine, down-to-earth people they encounter and learning about their lives. What causes them to hoard? What is most often disclosed about these people is their inability to let go of stuff. The pickers are tipped off about the existence of these unlikely gold mines by concerned family members and friends and neighbors seeking to declutter the lives of their loved ones. Now, the skill of Mike and Frank is gaining the trust of the potential sellers while realizing how hard it is for these people to let go. To their credit, the hosts do their best to honor these feelings. Often, they fail to make wanted purchases, probably more often than not. It's not unusual for Mike to discover the skeletal frame of an old Harley Davidson. It's been rusting away for 40 years in a barn make a good offer, and then be met by, yeah, I couldn't let go of that. I'm just getting around to fix it up. Yeah, sure. We know that ain't going to happen. And they'll come away from a barn full of potentially saleable items with a rusty sign or two. My gut reaction to these hoarders is a combination of frustration, sympathy, and just plain amazement. I want to scream at the TV, you're living in poverty and you're turning your back on a fortune. Ironically, just as I started writing this sermon yesterday, I received a Facebook post from my wife's cousin. It consisted of this simple quote, The easiest way to organize your stuff is to get rid of most of it. Good advice. But easier said than done, as is testified by the number of websites and services that make money 
off of helping customers organize, downsize, and simply, simply get rid of their stuff. You know, you've seen that one commercial on TV that features a service that lets people just point at their junk and poof, it disappears. Wish I could do that sometimes. Now, because I wouldn't personally be classified as a hoarder, I don't think, but I have to admit, we have boxes stored in our basements which have remained unopened since we moved into our house 30 years ago. Most of the contents, contents of the boxes escape my memory. What a surprise it will be someday to open them, or more realistically, when our daughter has to open them after we're gone. We have plastic containers crammed with CDs and DVDs. We don't even possess a CD or DVD player anymore. Maybe someday, you know. I can report success of unburdening myself of one certain type of possession I had hoarded over the years. I thought I'd never do it. It's my books. I used to have literally tons of books lighting the shelves in my church office and my home. I seldom consult a book after I read it, even though I underline a lot. But maybe someday. My walls were lined with dead soldiers. I think I measured my life's achievements by the bookshelf foot. Then one day, I started boxing them up and hauling them off to the half-price books. Even at pennies on the dollar, pennies on the pound, I reaped a healthy sum. I no longer have a church office, and my home office shelves have been remodeled to store my clothing. Now I'm hoarding old socks and t-shirts. But looking back, however, I feel a certain freedom from cleaning the shelves. I'm more able to concentrate on the present than wallow in the past or idealize the past. Amazingly, I feel zero regret. Too bad the young man that came to Jesus for advice couldn't have given it a try. I bet he wouldn't have regretted it either. Now, if you decide you're going to try to strip your life down from the bare necessity to the bare necessities, what would you need to get rid of, and what would you hold on to? That question was the motivation that led Henry David Thoreau to move into a rustic cabin in the woods by Walden Pond. Darn, I wish I hadn't sold that book. Well, anyway, Thoreau discovered that his bare necessities were food, shelter, clothing, and fuel. Even for Thoreau, his sojourn into the wilderness was an experiment that lasted only a little over two years. He then moved back to a more complicated life in the city. But what do you really need? What are your bare necessities? Not that you're ever going to live with just bare necessities, but what are they? I would urge everyone to do a deep spring cleaning once in a while. My wife and I actually prefer a winter cleaning. We use those cold winter days when you can't do anything else to dive into that junk in the basement. Start with baby steps and see how it feels to get rid of stuff. Sell it in Facebook or just leave it on the curb. Give it to the church. Less enlightened folk will gladly unburden you of the millstones hanging around your necks. Or if need be, consult one of those organizing services that you can find online. And better yet, literally give it to the poor and needy by donating to your things to local organizations. Now, don't listen to this and go away sad. Just give it a try. 
not trying to guilt you. If you won't listen to Jesus, at least listen to Baloo Bear. To this point, I've only been talking about one facet of life's necessities, the physical or the material. We also need to consider, more importantly, our mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. When we clear out some of the physical junk, we have more time and energy to focus on these things which are more important, but most often neglected. First of all, what are the bare necessities that help us foster mental health? A definition of mental health is in order. The state of your mental health involves successful cognitive thinking or the ability to stay focused with sustained, undivided, and selective attention, and the ability to process information, store information in our long-term memory, the ability to understand what we hear and see, along with the function of logical processing and reasoning. Additionally, it's been, it involves volitional reasoning or being able to make conscious choice or reasonable decisions through willful determination. Now we may assume that we are mentally healthy or not and we have little control over it short of entering therapy, but that's not true. We have a lot of control over providing the proper conditions for mental health. Our behaviors regarding material possessions that we just talked about influence our material, mental health. Working too hard to acquire and accumulate wealth can negatively impact it. We can live with constant anxiety, fatigue, and depression when we're constantly striving for more. Letting go of those perceived needs allows us more time for relaxation, recreation, and relationships, which are the bare necessities of mental health. Sometimes, though, our mental health is determined by things that are beyond our immediate control. And those are the times to seek professional guidance and counseling. In any case, the simpler the better. Now our emotional needs are related to but differ from our mental needs. Mental needs are about the mind and our emotional needs are about the heart. Good emotional health is about being able to experience and express our feelings in appropriate and positive ways. Just as hoarders may benefit from clearing out their basements or barns, we can benefit by clearing our hearts of negative emotions. We may need to let go of old hurts and forgive others for wrongs they've done. Conversely, we may need to rid ourselves of guilt that we feel for things that we've done or left undone. We need a good spring cleaning of the heart once in a while. Now, once we've accomplished that cleaning, it's time to determine for ourselves what are the bare necessities of emotion and whether or not we possess them. I can unequivocally state that love is the bare necessity of an emotionally happy life. The great commandment is love your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love others. But don't overlook the fact that love yourself is implied in that commandment. Love is one of the basic bare necessities of life. Just as mental health deals with the condition of our minds, and emotional health deals with the condition of our hearts, spiritual health is about the condition of our souls. Our souls can be cluttered with 
junk that we have accumulated over the years as well. We can have boxes and plastic bins of doubt and past sins that affect our spiritual life. We might even be held back by past teachings and doctrines that instead of enlightening us, confuse us and make us feel unworthy of God's love. Get rid of those things. Kick them to the curb. The bare necessities of spiritual life include time for reflection and prayer, reading and the study of Scripture, and an involvement in a community of faith. But most of all, a relationship with God. And that can mean a lot of things for different people. For many, spirituality is an intensely private thing done in the solitude of their room or in the sacred beauty of nature. But most of us, however, need and benefit from the participation in a religious community and or from spiritual guides and teachers and learning. Jesus advised people to go in their room, shut the door, and pray to God in private. But he also preached and taught to large groups. And after his death and resurrection, gathering of his followers, soon to be known as the church, nurtured and supported one another in faith met each other's needs, their spiritual needs. If you don't participate in a community of faith right now, seek one out and try it. You may find it to be one of the bare necessities of your life. I guess the upshot of what I'm trying to say is out with the old and in with the new in all facets of life. Once you've cleaned out the barn and garage, use your spare time to address your mental and emotional and spiritual needs. In doing so, you will be following one of Jesus' most important pieces of advice, where he says, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities of life. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go clean out my garage. Amen. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. Necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. That's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. 